License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Thank you for joining us. It is 5.03. The Dallas Morning News is reporting that school superintendents and at least one state lawmaker are asking the Texas Education Agency why computers were grading portions of the STAR exams. This is the writing portion, the essay portions being graded by computers. These people say, we were blindsided by this. We did not know this was going to be happening. And they have some objections to all of this, Melinda, according to the Dallas Morning News. Yeah, it seems at least what I could get out of this was one of the complaints was that the the spike in low scores kind of went down when the computer started uh, grading this instead of having a person grade the essays. Other than that, I, I don't know what their big complaint is. Well, I, I guess one of it is, is they, they were not told in advance. Uh, and so they're wondering about this. The state says, look, this... This would cost millions more to have humans do the grading and scoring on the essay part of the STAR exams. And uh, the automated scoring engines are programmed to emulate how humans would assess an essay. So that's part of the response from the state of Texas. And uh, many kids who take the STAR in the fall are retesters, They've already uh, missed the mark on the grade level, so we expect them to do kind of poorly because in the fall when they were grading these, they did see a spike in the number of kids who got a zero on the writing exam, on the essay. And one question I have is, how does a student get a zero on this essay? Do they not write anything? Uh, and it says that the computers gave zeros to a bigger percentage of students this past fall. And it's a pretty alarming percentage. I think, what, what, what did it say, 30% got a zero on the writing essay? That's a lot, in my view, a zero. Not a 30, not a 40, not a 50, 60, zero on that por- portion of the star. Uh, well, it does. I mean, they should look at that and see what were the essays that were given a zero, and did they deserve it? There may be some that do not know how to write an essay. That is true. I I would think a a lot of them would struggle with it these days. They're growing up with computers in their hand. They may not be required to write essays. That might not be a point of focus anymore in the schools. I may be wrong on that, 512-836-0590, but 
whether the writing essays were graded by humans or the computers, the percentage of kids who got a zero ranged from 25% to above 30%. I, I find that very interesting and troubling and alarming. Well, that should be the part that the superintendents are concerned about and not so much if it's a human or a computer that's grading them. Yes. Uh, because even, let's say the computer is giving more zeros than the humans, there's just a difference of 5% there. If you're going from 20 to or 25 to 30, that's a difference of 5%. The problem seems to be that you have that many that aren't able to write an essay, and that's where your concentration should be, not whether or not, you know, oh, they didn't tell us a computer was grading. I think that remains an important skill, even today, the ability to write your thoughts in a coherent manner in an essay, whether it's persuasive messaging or whatever the case, the ability to Think about your thoughts, where you stand on an issue, and then write it out in a coherent message is an important skill. Well, it is, and you can tell that it's not being one that's taught so much because just in having discussions, we t- we talk about not being able to back up whatever your opinion is on something. It just says, well, this is what it is. That's what I read. This is what it is. And Learning how to write an essay helps you develop this is what it is, the reasoning why you've come up with this. And I think it is missing because we are so about not engaging in a conversation with someone if they are of a different mindset than us. And I think it's because a lot of people don't know how to do that anymore, how to have a civil conversation where I may say something, even though on the premise of it, you don't agree with where my opinion is. I may say something that may prompt you to think about something further or to go and look to it and vice versa. So it is important to be able to have where you have conversations where you can back up and you have reasons to go with it because it's more thought provoking that way. And I think writing essays is like the gateway to that. Yes. Yes, it is. The numbers are even worse than I indicated a moment ago. I see it now in this story. Eight in 10 written responses on the most recent English 2 end-of-course exam received zeros this fall. That's 80%. I was off by a mile. (laughs) This is far worse worse than I had indicated a moment ago. Yeah, they should, again, should be mad about how, why are these kids not performing well and not, we weren't told that it was going to be graded by a computer. Yes, it's important to find out if the computer's not grading accurately, but I still think the the big emphasis should be placed on the not performing at the essay level. Now, it says when the human beings used to grade the essay portion, 25% got zeros. That's still a very alarming percentage in my view, but then to go to 80%, I think there is justification for asking is this because the computers are grading it? Did the did the computerized system make an error here with such a high percentage of kids getting a zero? Or were the humans giving a very low bar and the computer elevated the bar? That could be, yes. Now, there's a lot on the line here. Star scores are of importance to school district leaders, families, and communities. Schools are graded Mm -hmm. on the STAR system, largely based on how students perform on these standardized tests. 
So you can see why the superintendents and others are saying, what is going on here with the computer grading? Yes, but still, it should be about, are these kids doing or getting what they need from us in order to perform? As you mentioned, 25% is not good. That's terrible in my view. One out of four gets a zero. That was in the so-called good old, de- good old days of having a human being mm-hmm. graded. That, that's when the alarm bells should have been going off. Here are the numbers. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Join the discussion. It's Mark and Melinda, 511 at KLBJ. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. The Congressional Budget Office is the official nerve center of number crunching for Congress, and they're out with a new report today on the U.S. economy. They say that they wanted to revise their long-term forecast for the U.S. economy based on the influx of millions of illegal aliens. And here are some of the big points they're projecting. They say our workforce will be 1.7 million workers bigger in 2024 than they had anticipated. And that's going to result in a bigger economy for the United States. Our gross domestic product will be 2.1% bigger thanks to these new illegal immigrants who they say will be working in our economy They actually call it a windfall for the U.S. economy. They say the result of a bigger economy will be more tax money flowing into the federal government and smaller federal budget deficits as a result. Uh, I'm not buying it. I know you got to try to spin this as well as you can to make people get on board. But I have to question, are they taking into account the amount of money spent on them before they're on their feet, the amount of money spent in education, the amount of money spent in health cost, and deducting it? I'm not seeing any indication that they were looking at those factors, which should be included in all of this. There should be a, a complete examination. They seem to be just assuming they're going to get jobs They will be paying taxes, as they put it. More tax money is flowing into the federal government, and budget deficits will be smaller as a result. Uh, Definitely bull on the last part of it, because they already have more money flowing in, and we don't have a deficit. Right. We've had record amounts of tax revenue in recent years flowing into the federal government, and spending is still far above Mm -hmm. the amount flowing in. They do, according to this report, concede... And, and this is important, that these are much lower-skilled workers. They'll be less productive. And overall, they will bring down expected wages in the United States. That's a big one right there. Bring down the wages. Well, and I don't know if you saw this before. I, earlier this week, the Center for Immigration Studies put out a report I thought it was kind of interesting because it said all employment growth has gone to the foreign-born. 183,000 fewer U.S.-born Americans are working than they were in 2019, yet the number of immigrants, both legal and illegal, working 
up 2.9 million over 2019. You have the Biden administration talking a lot mm-hmm. about the job growth and employment growth that he's been able to uh, have under his administration. Well, yeah, when you when you let a lot of people in illegally while they wait for legal status, or maybe they're not even waiting for that, um, and they go to job, yeah, it expands it. Mm-hmm. And President Biden has been expanding the number of illegal immigrants who get temporary legal work status. He has really increased those numbers. New York has been begging for that, and mm-hmm. he's been coming through. The director of the Congressional Budget Office, Director Philip Swagel, says more workers means more output in the economy. That leads to additional tax revenue. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. He says we do concede this wave of immigrants is less skilled. They're probably not going to be as productive. And in the long run, we see this as holding down wage growth for all American workers. I don't think that that's a very strong economic pitch. No, that's nothing to uh, dance and sing about, is it? Mm-mm. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts, call or text us. In Houston, law enforcement says the 14-year-old was home alone this morning before 7 a.m. His mother had left to take other kids to school. His dad was already gone working. Somebody was at the front door. He could hear this person grabbing the doorknob. Trying to get in. Yes, trying to get in. The 14-year-old ended up getting a gun and firing five to six shots and killing the man who he heard grabbing that doorknob. I think this 14-year-old one, I I feel for him because that's a heavy burden for anyone uh, to know that you shot and and it ended with the loss of life of someone, even though this 14-year-old was in the right uh, scared, home alone, someone trying to break into your home, and you're protecting yourself and you're protecting that house. Here is Sheriff Ed Gonzalez of Harris County talking about this case with ABC 13. It's a very traumatic situation out here when you're talking about a, a 14-year-old having a used deadly force um, and in protection of himself and, and his property. He says they, they still are not certain if that door... Uh, was open or not had the guy actually opened the door was he trying to get in and then the 14 year old opened fire he said we still have to determine those factors Uh, to me i this isn't one of those things where that's going to be a determining fact factor in whether or not this 14 year old is charged i don't see him being charged especially when you throw in there that 911 had already received calls uh, from neighbors saying there's someone coming around trying to break into the houses. They're kicking, trying to kick the doors in. They're begging for money. That just goes to show this person wasn't up to, hey, I'm trying to sell you Girl Scout cookies. Right. And ABC 13 in Houston is reporting that uh, the man who was shot was found dead right there on the front part of the house and that he was well known to the homeless outreach teams in Houston. They recognized him right away and that some of the neighbors had said, yeah, we've seen him before. So that's another element to consider. They haven't released the name of the man who was shot and killed. 
but the boy was totally alone. He grabbed a gun, and the sheriff says, uh, we think he fired five or six times, hitting and killing the man. To me, this speaks to, this is a kid that most likely has been educated on the gun. The, the parents, the father, who girlfriend, whoever it was that lived there, took the time to explain gun safety, how that gun works, how you handle it, and when is the appropriate time and when it is not. I may be completely wrong and just reading into it, but this seems like a case where all of that was taking place in this home. 512-836-0590-523. Jacob in Georgetown wants to talk about the story about the computers now grading the essay portion of the STAR exams. Welcome, Jacob. How are you? Hi there. Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about it because I, I guess the topic kind of got off. But, but I feel like... Jacob, you're breaking up a bit there, sir. Uh, start over from the top, please. We lost your initial comment, Jacob. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I was just saying that I don't feel like me personally, I don't feel like the grading and who's grading the exams really had as much to do with the results so much as with the people who are taking it now and the people who are administrating it. Yes, yes, go on. What 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 is your thinking there? Well, my thinking is, and I don't want to offend anybody, I'm just trying to like bring some light to a serious problem, but we have majorly dropped the ball in the education field. The people... People nowadays are too scared to encourage the students to hate losing. And we're, we're making it okay for students to do poorly in school. We're rewarding that instead of making it a problem. Yeah. And, and that's, that, I feel like that has more to do with how students are doing in school than how the grading system works. In other words, we have lowered our expectations of these students. And most of them, exactly. uh, most of them, will only aspire to reach the bar that you set for them. If you mm-hmm. set it much lower, then they're not going to put out much energy. Exactly, and I feel like educators nowadays aren't even allowed to raise that bar themselves. It's no longer up to a teacher to determine how his, to determine the value of his students. Well, yeah, when you've got district after district making policy that you don't give a grade lower than a 50. Uh, if they put their name on the paper, that's good. That, that's, a, that's a passing grade. There's a lot of those different policies that are going on in schools that really do tie the hands of the actual teachers in what and how they can assess a student's ability. Exactly. And if we're too scared to tell a, tell a kid, honest to God, that they are doing poorly in class. They're not stupid. They're not, they're not dumb, but they can do better. And we're now, we're afraid to even tell them that. Jacob, thanks so much. You have a good one, sir. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. You may totally agree with Jacob or have a completely different view on it. 512-836-0590. Uh, remember, it says when human beings were grading the written essay portion of the STAR, 25% of the students were getting zeros on that portion of the exam. One quarter were getting zeros. Last fall, it went to 80% were getting zeros when computers were grading it. 
even 25% is completely unacceptable, in my view, Melinda. Well, and I think it's interesting that we, at least the impression I got from reading the story was it was an automatic, what is the computer doing wrong? Yes. Uh, to make it 80% instead of, were we grading too lenient as a human? 512-836-0590. We have news next. It's Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Ed Choice is an organization that does polling of parents in America every month. And they're polling parents on issues related to school, issues related to education. And they're out with a new report today that says the number one factor for parents when they're deciding where to have their child attend school is safety. And the level of concern about safety is the highest they have detected within the last 20 years. In fact, safety is far more important to the parents right now than academics at schools. In addition, 50% of parents say, my current school for my child is handling violence well. 50% say the current school my child is attending is handling violence well. What are the other half saying? They're not satisfied. Probably not saying. Uh, What a sad state of affairs that we're in. It used to be people would... Uh, looking for a new place. Well, what school district? I need to be in a good school district that uh, has the high grades, that has the high achievement coming out of it. And now we have to look at safety. One, to me personally, that should always be on the minds of schools, safety and academics, hand in hand. Uh, Those are the top two things. You're entrusted with these kids. A lot of kids every single day for eight hours a day safety should be a top priority just like the education part of it should be and when you look to me this is more about where we are with the kids and behavior and not cracking down on it unbelievable to me that 90 percent of public middle schools 85 percent of public high schools report having at least one violent crime in the 21-22 school year. A violent crime. Yes. Yes. That, that's astonishing. Deeply disturbing. But those are the numbers. In addition to that, this survey says parents who have moved their child say the number one reason is bullying. Bullying was the number one reason they moved their child to a different school. I believe it. We we hear time and time again uh, so many accounts of nothing happening to the person or the, the, the kid that is doing the bullying. And sometimes it goes on the victim of the bullying that they get the the punishment yes. if something is doled out. So these, ki- these schools, in an attempt to keep kids in class are doing such a disservice Mm -hmm. to all of the other kids. 38% of parents have a daily fear for their child's physical safety at school. Mm. 38%. Every day they're thinking about it. They're worried about the physical safety of their child at school. 
this needs to be circulated to every one of Texas state legislators, especially the ones that voted against school choice. Yes. And remember, this topic of safety should not be one where people automatically assume they're talking about gun violence. Yes, it is important. Mm -hmm. School shooters, yes, that's important. But these parents are saying things like bullying, student-on-student violence in the school. Oh, and you've seen some of the videos that are out there of these beatdowns that happen in a school. That is a huge safety concern, especially when you see other kids rally around instead of stepping in, pull out a phone to film. Yes. And it's not just the videos where student-on-student fights are occurring. It's students attacking and beating teachers. Imagine mm-hmm. how frightening that would be to a student. To Watching watch that. that figure that should be completely respected being beat up by a student. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Weldy in South Austin. Mark and Melinda, 535 on KLBJ. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I just want to interject or, you know, uh, add on to what you're talking about is uh, parents that are looking for a safe environment for the child over academic, uh, uh, you know, achievements, uh, high academics, uh, it's probably going to fall in line where if, it, if, if their kids are in a safe environment, you know, the kids don't have to look over the back. The teachers aren't having to deal with uh, violent children in class. If the academics are going to follow that, that so uh, it, it helps. It goes to uh, show that maybe uh, that's going to be the higher academic uh, learning area for them anyway. It, well, I, I think yes, uh, or to put it another way, uh, those two things go hand in hand. You have to have a safe, orderly, respectful learning environment and then you can achieve higher academic performance. They, right. They're inextricably sure. linked here. It's easier to learn when that's all you're doing and yes. there's not other distractions. Right. right. I, I think uh, toward, you know, from what we're seeing now in schools today, uh, we, I, I know I didn't have to worry. I mean, you know, this bullying's been around for years and years. You, you, can't, you don't teach kids not to be bullied. This is something that just happens, you know, uh, I don't know, by, by nature. But uh, the kind of stuff where, you know, kids are going and fighting and, and kids are filming it or kids are beating teachers, that kind of stuff didn't happen, uh, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So, uh, you know, our, our, we have a generation of uh, adults who have a, have a fairly, I feel like, a, uh, a good educational background, you know, no matter what, if, if you just went to high school, people that just graduated high school, 20, 30 years ago are, were just, you know, they uh, came out with a better education than kids that are going to school today having to watch the back, watching that kind of stuff happen to teachers. Uh, it's affecting uh, their level of learning. Weldy, thank you. Have a good evening. 512-836-0590. I get the impression that bullying is certainly more prevalent now than it was, say, before widespread adoption of social media. Oh, yeah. There's more ways to do so it doesn't ju- it's not just picking on someone in person it then can extend online where more people see it and maybe join in on it mm-hmm. yes and it's uh, occurring at a number of ages grade levels throughout the schools you can weigh in with your thoughts 512-836-0590 
We also have an update on that woman that tried to go into Joel Osteen's Big Church Sunday and commit mass murder. The Conroe Police Department had been called by neighbors to come out and deal with this woman 20 different times at her home. The full report on police response to this one woman at one home runs 49 pages, according to ABC 13 News in Houston. Yeah, but when you look at this, unfortunately, it doesn't look like there was much the police could do. They get there, they investigate, there's there's no real crime. Uh, a lot of the reports were the neighbors reporting her taking guns in and out, you know, putting them in her car and then bringing them to her house somewhat in an intimidating fashion. So as far as that, it, it didn't, is at least what the police say, it wasn't appropriate or it didn't rise to the level of an arrest. But it does speak to, we have got to do better, not only in the state, but in this nation of seeing there was obviously something not right with this individual. For it years, It was seen yes. by neighbors who probably had the least amount of contact with her, but still enough to know something is not right. And yet she was in the house allowed to be the caretaker for the seven-year-old that she was abusing in the sense of uh, trying to earn money off of them. It's... <sighs> It's really disgusting, and we have got to do a better job. We have to have something in place that can see something like this and put a stop to it, whether it's, you know, I don't care if you volunteer to go into it. You obviously need to go into a mental health facility, and we're putting you there. Mm -hmm. She had committed multiple crimes since 2005, most of these very serious crimes, violent crimes. One time, she was involuntarily committed to a mental hospital by Houston police. We don't know the outcome of that. Well, and also to be added in there, she had a list of criminal behavior. Did she serve time? Why not? Yeah, that has not been spelled out in any of this reporting. 512-836-0590. Some of these neighbors say we were terrified of her, and we have been for years because of her very alarming behavior. Uh, Michael is with us in Round Rock on the school topic. Michael, welcome. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have so often heard these stories of violence in our schools where kids are, they're actually, they have been violent toward either their uh, fellow students, their classmates, or their or their teachers. And some of them are actually of adult age. And the school board or the school so-called administration decides how they're going to handle it. No, in my opinion, they it's a crime and they need to contact the police. And they don't do that. Uh, I just, it just flummoxes me. Yeah, it, it should become a, a criminal matter if they assault a teacher or staff oh, yeah. member. Even some of the student-on-student uh, -student violence should be reported to the outside police department. Well, and I don't understand. Yeah. Is it going to take parents or any of the staff on their own to say, look, school, you do what you want. I was the victim here. I'm going to go file a report. Absolutely. 
I, and I wonder, is there anything in these school contracts? I can't imagine they would have anything in there that would prevent them, especially the staff, from doing so. I know you can't prevent the students' parents from moving forward, wanting to press right. charges against another student that hurt harm theirs. I'm not aware of anything. It shouldn't well, be. No. It seems to me that some of these people in the administrations think that they are the ones who make these decisions. When it comes to crime, they are not the ones who make those decisions. It's for the police, law enforcement, to make those decisions. And they should report that. Yes, they should. Michael, thank you. Have a good evening. 512-836-0590. now with Mark and Melinda. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. One of the big school districts in San Antonio has a hot debate underway. They're discussing a proposal that says we no longer will make it a requirement of high school students to take the health class. And they are going back and forth. Both sides are weighing in on this very intense debate. Right now, it is a requirement for high school students in the Northeast Independent School District in San Antonio. Even though Texas dropped its health education requirement for graduation in 2009, uh, allowing for some schools to, I guess, just give the course option up to students. Do you want to take health or do you want to take something else? And there were parents that were in front of the board that we're arguing, well, this would allow for my child to take those those advancement classes. Mm-hmm. And so I should have, or they should have that opportunity to make the selection. And then you had others that were saying, oh, well, if you don't have a mandatory health class, where are they going to get their sex education or their nutrition, drug and alcohol, mental health education from? Yes, those are the, the key points each side has been making. Here's another example. Kelly Johnson, who teaches health at one of the high schools, says, look, there is a growing number of students who need this based on the growing number of teenagers who have depression, anxiety, struggles with mental health. They need this class. Do not remove this from being a requirement in our school district. She's right. There is a large group of students. We hear about it all the time, with the, especially the anxiety and, and struggling with mental health. I would ask, what are they teaching in the health class yes. in regards to that? Because I think that's important. If you've been having this in your class as a, or in your district as a requirement and it hasn't helped, your argument's kind of mute. If you're suffering from depression, you're going to need independent help to overcome that condition, aren't you? Not a class once a week or... Yes, a class that says, here are some tips. If you're feeling depressed or if you truly are suffering with anxiety, is, is it still a requirement in the school districts here in the Austin area? 512-836-0590. Uh, we don't know. Melinda and I are just curious. Is it a requirement in high school? Is it optional? If it is provided, what do they cover in these courses? 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. We'd also like to get your thoughts. 
on this news out of New York City where a church put up the money to bail out one of those illegal alien Venezuelans charged with attacking those two New York City police officers. You probably have seen the video by now. Multiple illegal immigrants from Venezuela attacked, kicked, punched uh, the New York City officers who were trying to subdue another illegal alien from Venezuela. Now, uh, the New York Post is reporting that the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in New York City put up the money to bond out one of these illegal immigrants. Yes, the only one that was being held uh, at the t- at the time. Yes, they went and bonded them out. They said we assume that people are innocent until they're proven otherwise, and our church is a sanctuary. That sanctuary gives you the kind of breathing space that they need. I do not think this is my own personal opinion that this is what sanctuary churches should be spending money on if you have someone that is coming to you that is in need of maybe shelter for some time Mm -hmm. food clothing uh, additional resources okay but to go forth and put up a fifteen thousand dollar bell even if it was a ten dollar bell i just don't think that that's what the church should be doing. It doesn't mean that you think that the person's guilty just because you don't go bail them out. It just means that you think that their resources are better used on those that are there at the church asking for your help. Another problem that I have with this, and it's kind of like that organization that I think they're based here in Austin, but are doing all the things in San Antonio where they're bailing people out. And then no other responsibility. Yes. This individual that they bailed out, not staying at the church, and I'm almost willing to bet the 15000 they put up, they don't know where he is. Yeah, I, I view this suspect as a flight risk. That's one reason to keep him behind bars. Number two, he is a danger to others if he's not behind bars. This is not the only criminal charge he's facing. He's already in the country illegally. Mm-hmm. And he's facing multiple criminal charges. He should have been held without bond in the first place. But this is how things work in New York City. We'd like to get your thoughts on this. Do you agree with this church putting up the money to free this suspect on bail? 512-836-0590. Reverend Juan Ruiz says we are a sanctuary church. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. This is good use of our money to allow this suspect to get out of the jail in New York City. 512-836-0590. I would like to know if they also put up money to bail out the former U.S. Marine charged in the subway choking case, or are they selective in picking the people they choose to bail out of jail in New York City? I'm going to go with the latter. They're, they're selective. But again, I, to me, that's not a church function to, to go and get into that realm. If someone else had bailed him out and then he needed a place to stay or food, okay, that's when you step up. But to go and bail out individuals just doesn't sit well with me as a church. 
Well, particularly when uh, it's an established fact that this person is in the country illegally. That's that's one strike against them right there. They mm-hmm. broke federal law crossing the border. Right. And and now uh, shortly after crossing, they engaged in a an attack on police officers trying to do their duty. And they're facing additional charges. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts on this. This story does not indicate how many others they've bailed out. Is this the first time they've done it? Uh, have they done this with other people? But the uh, reverend is is very upfront about it. He's He's doing an interview. He's owning up to it with the New York Post. He says there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. This is our mission. This is what we believe in. To bail out people from jail? That's your mission? I... That's a hard sell for me, that the church's mission is to bail out individuals. Again, if you want to help take care of him after he's out, okay. If you wanted to take care of him before mm-hmm. he got in, okay. I can see that. Putting up bail money, I just, just, don't, I just don't see it. They have a pretty expansive definition of sanctuary, don't they? It's one thing if, if someone comes to this country and they need shelter, food, clothing, etc., Help the stranger. Extend that hand of kindness to them. I think this is a a different circumstance. This one has multiple times when he has chosen to go against the laws of this country, and we are a nation of laws. He, He didn't come to the church saying, I'm hungry, feed me, or I need a coat. It's cold here in New York City. That that would be extending your mission of being a sanctuary church. That's where I'm coming from. I, th- this is a step beyond for a church, in my opinion. And uh, again, it illustrates New York City and the state of New York are learning in real ways now what it means to be sanctuary. They adopted all of these laws, these policies, and now it's playing out in real life. And they're really not liking it, are they? Well, no, because before they could beat their chest and say, we're a sanctuary city, we believe in all of this. And then when they're dealt the reality of it, it, it's not as great as they wanted it to be. Unless, of course, take it back to a story we talked about earlier, they're trying to expand their numbers. Yes, yes, to uh, affect the census, which would affect congressional seats and then the electoral college Mm -hmm. and electoral votes, yes. All of that would be a domino effect. That'll do it for today. We're here every weekday, live and local, 2 to 6. Mark and Melinda, come back and join us. Have a super evening, Melinda. Thank you, you too. Thank you to Jack and Kyle. Great job producing. The news is coming up next. Be sure to start every morning with Todd and Oz and their terrific show, 5 to 10, right here. News Radio, KLBJ. License 26099E. Smart Sense. Brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com.